Jesus in the casa. Oklahoma where the winds come Sweeping down the plane Twisters blow away your kingdom Noise from the Sooner State Feel it in your eardrum Way past the beginning And we are nowhere near done <laughs> My goodness I'm nice with it You can snap back Hold your hat This how I'm fitting Getting filled up Off your hate As if I need it Why your takes on eating lighter People say I did it You didn't know When I hit the road, dog cities hit me spitting flows. Hey. Meanwhile, on tracks, I'm really not your typical hey. spiritual, lyrical miracle. You imbecile. Going harder than a tombstone. Wow. Here lies in a method that never saw his doom, though. Uh. Joints instrumentally fire, but IQ, yo. Hey. Rocking like a Lucifer track, but well, what do you Come know? Forward and I can't go back. Lessons that I went through put some questions on my mental. Forward and I can't go back. Welcome all. This is the Outsiders Green Country Soccer Podcast. My name is Mario and I got my co-host David with me. How you doing, David? Good, Mariano. How you doing tonight? Well, well, well. Oh, before I forget, happy birthday, boy, David. Turning the yeah. big four to zero. How you doing, man? Actually, you know, it's a little rough this morning. I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> oh, well, why are you feeling a little bit rough? What kind of scotch were you making us drink? I mean, what kind of scotch were you drinking? Oh man, it was it was a nice hearty scotch that everybody loves. So. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell anybody how you were giving us full cups while you were drinking little baby sips, but that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> if well, you only knew what I drank last night. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, that's for another podcast. <laughs> well, oh man, today is a victory pod, but most importantly, we got our good friend Harry. If you've been listening to this podcast, we know we've been mentioning him. Um, also, I was on his podcast before, but I want to introduce him today. How you doing, Harry? Welcome to Outsiders. Thank you uh, for the invite here. Awesome to return the visit. I'm glad uh, you you stepped up uh, with David and, and others to uh, have Tulsa have a podcast uh, this year here. It's, uh, you know, it's been a fun podcast. I've, I've listened to most of the episodes. And uh, a few bones to pick with you, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that, uh, especially where it's, uh, you know, San Antonio, Tulsa, uh, Tuesday night special on ESPN2. Uh, so should be a fun one. Yes, yes, yes. And we were told that it was removed from ESPN Plus to go on ESPN2. So that's a big deal. But I the only problem I have is why a Tuesday? I mean, I was really looking forward. I know before the season started, I was like, you know, I want to go to San Antonio. It's one of my places I haven't been to multiple places, but one of my key places that I want to go visit. For the TV, you know that. The, to be honest with you, with MLS leaving, um, and I know you guys touched on it on your last episode, with USL leaving ESPN, most likely outside of, I think, 20 to 25 matches is the rumors that, that they may still host. Between the end of, you know, May, June, or be, end of May, beginning of June through football season starts, which is what, August? First, mid-August, late August? Yeah. Um, I think you could see a lot of USL action, um, hopefully on, on the bigger networks on, on ESPN and uh, ESPN two uh, going forward. Well, David, you got anything to ask him? You go ahead, and I'll come in later. Okay, no problem. Well, before we go, jump on some more USL talk. I know you're a big Austin FC fan, just like David is. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that's your what? MLS team. I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to say that's your your favorite MLS team, but that's kind of like your more local team. Um, 
And this is no rib shots to San Antonio, I promise. <laughs> no, I got you. It's, they're, they're the closest MLS team. Um, now, how accepted they are here, I think it kind of depends. And, and if it was two years ago, three years ago, um, before they even started playing, I think it would have you would have uh, had a lot more hatred towards Austin. But, you know, time heals. And, and like I said here, you know, I have nothing but respect from the Austin FC fans. I still don't like, you know, probably like you, Mario, where I don't hate the clubs, but I dislike how MLS is managed. And, um, you know, I'm not a, a huge fan of Garber by any means, obviously. But, uh, no, it's, it's you know, Austin FC, uh, we are in their marketplace. So we're blocked out from watching them. So uh, unless you, uh, you know, change your, your location VPN or, you know, do, uh, other things. Yeah. You really can't watch them down here. Um, but, uh, David, I'm sorry, but you know, we, uh, we are one and oh against Austin FC and, uh, um, and did knock them out in probably one of the most important games for San Antonio FC, uh, in open cup, uh, in a, in a great game, you know, I'm assuming as a neutral, it would, it was a, fun and entertaining game to watch that that went into extra time but uh um i, I won't lie to you it's it's the the fan base is probably still 50 50 uh on SM, austin fc it is what it is or you know it's it's done now it's you know the siemens poured and set so it's uh you know no reason to cry anymore yeah you you, you guys stole the game we wanted we wanted austin fc yeah <laughs> we got but, stuck with OFC dallas again yeah but um, I wanted to ask you a quick question. What? I know the whole stadium was still kind of like, you know, I forgot how it was worked out. I think it was in 2017, was it? Um, when you guys were supposed to get a, um, the MLS deal. And then it kind of. Spurs Sports and Entertainment. The correct. The deal for the county to buy it. Yes. So, yeah. So how that deal was is that if. SS, if if SSNE, which is Spurs Sports and Entertainment, you know the owners of SAFC, did not make it to MLS in a, I think it was a five year period, that they would owe the county and the city. I think it's five million dollars, something along those lines, which for you and me is a lot of money. Um, but let's be honest with you, for Spurs Sports and Entertainment, you know. It, you know, it, it probably stings a little, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you guys are you know, aware how politics work. Yeah. I would be shocked if, if SSNE has to pay for it and, and if they'll say, hey, we'll upgrade, you know, AT&T Center or they'll upgrade, you know, Toyota Field or Star um, along those lines to kind of offset the costs. So it's 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 a penalty, but it's not it's not something that that is going to impact the, the long-term availability of, of SAFC, in my opinion. Now, of course, this is lower league soccer. There's not a lot of money to be made at this point. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends on how much you want to keep paying the money. And, and you know, there are some whispers of, of, you know, hey, how committed is San Antonio FC, but, you know, whisper sports and entertainment, but you can't argue with the money they're putting into it, into the academy. Um, putting into the roster so until that changes it's it's hard to it's, it's hard to really criticize them you know they're, they're doing things the right way you know maybe not the perfect way that that we would like as fans you know we you know of course we want them to be more transparent more open 
Um, but, you know, the product on the pitch, you can't really argue. And, and you know, they've kept up the stadium for the most part. Uh, so it's, you know, what more can you ask for? That's true. Well, I had another question. Now, with this, um, lately, it's been a trend, like I've said in other podcasts, we are getting more academy players to do the leapfrog past MLS to going to European leagues, you know, um, Spain, Portugal. How do you feel about the academy system working with the first team in the USL compared to when SAFC came to the USL? I think for USL in the future, that's how they're going to make money. You know, we saw what Kobe Henry uh, left for a rumored of 700000 to a million dollars. Uh, rumor is, is uh, Jose Gallegos went to Den, uh, to a team in Denmark for 500 and some thousand, you know, you know, and yet at the same time, you have Diego Luna that went from El Paso to uh, Real Monarchs, or not Real Monarchs, pardon me, Real Salt Lake uh, for 250000 um, So to me, you know, it, it's kind of two things. Number one, USL at this time doesn't have the roadblocks, the restrictions that MLS does. And number two, if you can build a decent academy and and attract some of these star um, players, maybe that, that weren't in your academy, kind of like what Orange County's done a couple of times here, attract them in, kind of what Louisville's doing, and be able to help you know, finish them and mature them, give them a year or two with, with USL championship. Um, that's, that's, I think, going to be a proven path to be able to move players. I also think that that is the reason why uh, Jake Edwards, the commissioner of USL championship, is pushing for the winter calendar, which, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, if you're northern part of the country, like, why would we do it? But yet, you know, here in the south and, you know, Florida and stuff like that, you kind of understand because what temperature was what a hundred and some degrees, uh, I believe, uh, you know, in Tulsa the other, the other night. Yep. Yes. I know, I know it's, you know, it was, it's been a hundred and something down here for a couple of weeks. So, you know, which is not great for players either. Um, so it, it's, there, there's gotta be a balance maybe where you kind of do, uh, you know, hopefully don't do a split season, but kind of set that setup like NASL used to have. You know, where you'd have, you know, first game, you know, first part of the season, you know, let's say from August to, uh, you know, late, you know, mid-December, you know, along those lines, take a four, six, eight-week uh, time frame, come back, you know, let's say late January, February, and go through uh, the time frame, uh, you know, through, you know, through, let's say, April, March, you know, March, April, you know, May time frame. To me, I think, I think it's doable. Um it will, you know, weather's going to be an issue, you know, for it here. We, we as fans will go watch football outside, you know, which is a three-hour match, you know, if you're lucky. Why won't we watch soccer, uh, you know, which is, you can, you can pretty much guarantee two hours, you know, from, you know, from, you know, you know, from kickoff to being out of the stadium along those lines. So it's, if the product's there, people will watch it. That's that's the point. Yeah, I think some, some of the problem with the moving to that split schedule and pushing more games to the fall, winter, early spring. Oklahoma's a college football state. I think it'll hurt 
our attendance a lot because the games are on Saturday and we're, we're going up against Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, nine out of ten people is going to go see Oklahoma Sooners or tune into them. You're already us. doing that, though. Well, doing we're, that we're now get- in the most pivotal point of the season. You're doing it at the end of the season as opposed to if you go to a fall, fall spring. You're going, you're, you're going up against um, uh, going up against football, you know, whether it's Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, California. You're, go, you're going up against football at the prime, you know, in the fall, which is yeah, know, I, the end of your season. I think, I think you'd be missing or hitting more games, though, overall, if we went to that. Put some more games to the fall. For me, guys, um, being an out-of-stater, I'm not from Oklahoma. I'm not really a big college football fan either. <laughs> but um, one thing that I've always hate when I hear something – about, oh, we can't change it because of football. In Europe, they don't have these issues. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. And, like, I heard Carter Chris Trier um, from World okay. Soccer Shop, I mean, World Soccer Talk, was talking about this. And he was like, you know what? In Ireland, you know, rugby or cricket might be more important, you know, before soccer. And, you know, in France, you know, it really didn't get popular there until, like, big money PSG came in you know in england not a lot of places yeah you know in london and manchester they'll have you know their big soccer fans but they're still fighting for the same same fans that are rugby fans that are cricket fans you know and it's i i see that people saying oh we can't change the the time that soccer's played in the united states because can go against the big nfl and then that's when it's like you know, that's not true. You know, we have hockey, we have basketball, we have so many other sports that we always fight against, but more, more sports is great for me. And I'm I don't just saying in Oklahoma, why. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma I Mariano, I mean, we, we are one professional team state. I mean, yeah. FC Tulsa is professional, but we have Oklahoma city. Thunder. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. You have the, and, you have the thunder. And, and the secondary is college football. And OU Sooners will take in 80,000 people over there in Norman. Oklahoma State will bring in 50,000 people. I mean, we're not a huge state. There's not – I mean, Tulsa that's what's going to – 2030 as well, right? Right. I mean, college football and even high school football, and Harry, you know this down in Texas, those are draws. I mean, Texas fo- high school football brings in – well, they got some 50,000-seat stadiums that they fill. Uh, For high school? Yeah. Um, I think there's a few, but I think it's probably closer to, you know, 15, 20,000 down here. I want to say the biggest stadium is probably 20 ish outside of the Alamo dome uh, along those lines, but there's some good stadiums up there around Dallas. So yeah, Dallas and and Houston, there are some, you know, that are nicer than a a lot of college campuses. (laughs) I hate to say that, but it it (laughs) is. Mariano, I'm a native Oklahoman. Everybody I know that's a native Oklahoma, it is boomer sooner or, you know, pistols firing college football. But and here in the, in the fall, it, that's what's going to draw people on Saturdays. But here's the thing. It depends on when the matches are. You may have, because college football usually runs, what's what, 10 games, 11 games? Yeah, five at know, home, home games, six yeah. away. Yeah. You know, five, five, five to six at home, you know, yeah. five or six away. It depends when those games are played. Let's be honest. Um, yep. And it also let's also be honest. It also depends on how the teams are doing. Now, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have had have 
have had very successful seasons for decade now plus right um right, yeah. but i remember post what switch i think it was barry switzer right uh yeah you know, when john uh, howard snellaberger and john blake came in it there was, were it was some awful. lean years and yeah. the attendance kind of you know hey drop down now i'm not saying ou and, and oklahoma state you know are, are going to drop down in attendance by any means you know by that but to me if and this is where sam comes into play especially for tulsa and you know if oklahoma city ever comes back it it comes into to that environment Going to a college football game, you know, it's not as bad as going to an NFL game, but it's, you know, for the average family, it's something that, you, that you've got to play where if you go to FC Tulsa, if you go to San Antonio FC, if you go to, you know, you know, energy games, typically you can take a family of four and it's, 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 it's affordable, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's still money out of pocket, you know, for, you know, for hard, hardworking people, but you can, you can take a family out to, to a game and have have a fun night the season ticket members mm -hmm. you know you figure if, if you're a season ticket member you've got a dedication through there now you know we we have that with utsa down here there's sometimes that you know if utsa is home and it's a big game the crowd's a little bit light it is you know there, there's no way around that but with smart scheduling um you can you can go around that if you know hey saturday's going to be, be there you could schedule, you know, fr you know, you know, Friday night's hard because of high school football, but you could schedule a um, Saturday game or a midweek game where you sacrifice maybe a couple of dates to do it. But to me, I guess the question comes into, do you want your season impacted, you know, by football at, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, where teams are filling out the rosters, kind of learning each other? Or do you want to, you know, be impacted in November? And, and I know that the big story came out that Detroit City got a, what, 197 or 187,000 people that watched the Detroit City El Paso match. And mm -hmm. only, what, 88, 90,000 watched in, in November. Yeah. You know, the, the USL Championship. Well, of course, you know, there's other stuff going on. I want to say there was a college football game going on that night. Or, or no, it was a Sunday night, right? This last one was Sunday night. There was Sunday night football on. So, of course, that number is going to be lower than a Saturday noon kickoff, you know, when there's nothing really going on. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's the different options. And that's why I think, you know, player-wise, I don't, you know, obviously I never played soccer because I grew up in Colorado. And at that time, you know, it was, you know, soccer wasn't even thought of, you know, unless you you know, went to a wealthy school in the Denver area. It's you know to me the game's grown and i think it is doable and will the first couple of years you know will attendance maybe take a, a hit probably you know just because it's not it won't be a summertime thing but if you've got a winning team if if you've got a, you know a good good marketing guy if you've got a an attractive product that you're putting out people will show up for it um you know along those lines no matter if it's cold or, or hot, you know, it's, you know, you know, right. I think that's where it comes down to. And, and to me as a club, the advantage of going to that and being able to be on the, the, the transfer or where it's going to be easier to move those kids, um, you know, you know, for that here, because that was the issue is with, with, you know, Jose Gallegos, you know, he only got a half a season before his team got you know relegated to the second division. 
you know, Christian Pirano is a good one here. Um, you know, he, he had got hurt, you know, at the start, which, and, and then COVID kind of hit, which kind of changed it here. I know San Antonio were looking to, to transfer him, but when he got hurt and then COVID hit, it eliminated that option because of that short window that they have, or if they're on that market, you know, or permit on that transfer, uh, transfer window with the rest of the world, it makes it so much easier to be able, be able to move players in, but also players out. And I think that's, that's what Jake Edwards is, is looking at here is, is to be able to be able to capitalize on an area that MLS cannot do at this point, you know, because they're not on that same window. Staying on the topic of calendar switches, what do you think about an international break for USL championship um, teams? I know, I think the last uh, international window, there was like 41 or so USL championship players that were off from their teams playing for their respective countries. I know FC Tulsa, we were out with that for three weeks without three starters. What, what do you think about that? Maybe an international break like MLS does? That I go back and forth because San Antonio wasn't impacted at all. It, to me, that, that kind of comes down to for what's best for the league because not every team's impacted. And, and that's, that's why it's hard to, to, to schedule that. I think they should, but, you know, we'll, we'll use Europe, you know, EFL, uh, you know, the English Football League. Only, only the top, only what, uh, EPL and championship take a break on most occasions. Um, you know, League One, League Two still continue to play typically uh, for that here. So I think we need to get more than, I think you said 40 players. I think yeah, we I think need to get... Summer. I think we need to get a, to a higher number before we, before we do this. Um, I know Tulsa has been lucky that to, you know, you had three of them and I know you moved one of them recently. Um, Miami was also impacted quite a bit. And, and I know Birmingham Phoenix, you know, it has also been, you know, impacted by it. So it's hard for me just because, you know, we've, we've had a couple, but it really hasn't impacted us. Well, I guess we had one. I stay, stand corrected. We had uh, Shannon Gomez that was gone i just don't know if, if usl is in a position to do that as of yet does that make sense yeah i'm i'm kind of in agreement with you i think it needs to get probably about the 75 player mark where like every team's missing two players i know it sucked for us because we we were on a tough spell without three of our top players right. and we were going against teams that were full strength you know so it was just it's just one of those things but uh and especially so, if you run a thin roster as well, you know, I know yeah. El Paso was impacted quite a bit. Um, they had injuries and, and, you know, a thin roster to where they were playing Academy kids that, that stepped up. So for the integrity of the league, I could see them doing it just for the fact that, you know, it does give an advantage to, to teams that play those. And yet, you know, USL is also hyping, Hey, you know, we've got players, you know, 40 some players that, that are playing, you know, international football, but yet the clubs that they play for are, are impacted. So there is that integrity of the league issue that comes into play. Just to me, I don't know, like for, for San Antonio, it's not a big deal because we own our facility. For Tulsa, you guys have limited dates that you can play, um, you know, you know, because of baseball, same with, you know, the issue with, with New Mexico, as you know, it's been highlighted several times this year, you know, especially with the rising reschedule. That's, that's the part that I think you have a, a bigger, a bigger issue with and, and possibly maybe another reason why 
um, you, you you look at at re, you know going to that 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 fall schedule, if teams are still playing in a baseball uh, stadium, it's not it's not as much of a big deal. Now the issue is is you know let's say Oakland Roots that I think play uh, at a, at a facility that that has football or, or Detroit City um, that shares their stadium with with the local school when it comes to football and stuff like that, I think, you know, maybe that might be where there's a little bit more scheduling conflict at that point. I just, it's not a simple puzzle to put the pieces together, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's, I think it might come to one of those deals where people just, or teams just have to build a deeper roster. I know we were, we, we put two or three Academy kids on the 18 mm -hmm. and actually had a call back one from uh, on loan from league one. So just so we could have a full roster to a full 18 to put out on game day. But moving away from that, um, what do you think about a team going to Fort Worth? Well, first, let's see if it happens. Right. Because there has been zero news about it, right? Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard anything since like the last uh, winter. It's like Oklahoma Energy coming back. Will it happen or not? Who knows? <laughs> um, I think from a league aspect, getting into Fort Worth um, would be huge. Um, I think it would be, you know, and, and I was asking Colin, you know, you know, uh, and, and even in kind of the show, you know, the, the notes I typed up for you guys, it would be a great rival for, you know, for the teams from Oklahoma. You know, it's, I think you're what, four hours away, four, four and a half hours, uh, depending on yeah. traffic from, yeah. uh, you know, from Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma's three hours away and, and it's an easy drive from Oklahoma, uh, from Oklahoma city, pardon me. San Antonio, it's it's four and a half, five hours, depending on traffic getting around Austin. So it would be an ideal spot um, for it here. Uh, obviously, DFW is a huge area, so I think it could draw, um, depending on you know how it's ran and, uh, along those lines. I think for USL to be able to get into that large of a marketplace it is is a big win. The question is, will it happen? And you know, we, you know. It, it was announced by was it was it even announced by the league yeah i think they found new owners that took over from the austin bold to take over that that area i think if yeah, I but if you right. go to yeah they're not they're it's not recognized so if you go to the usl championship webpage, yeah. there is no expansion team other than usl pro iowa now uh, for that here so there's no mention of bold there is no mention of um uh, of Fort Worth. So while I think it would be great, um, and especially for Copa Teos to have, you know, have that fourth team back, you know, we've got to see more, you know, more news, you know, the rumor was that they're going to come in next year. If they're coming in next year, you figure we got to start hearing information, what we're, what July now, um, yeah. you figure we got to hear information within the next quarter, right. Uh, before yeah. end of August, September, if 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 they are coming in for 2023 you know or or are they going to be another queensboro that's been announced that they're coming in and it's been delayed twice yep. um two years and you know we'll see if if they do if if they do come in or are they another um this is you know going back to nasl 2.0 another uh northern virginia where hey they're coming they're coming but you know never never actually make it to the pitch yeah, I think uh, back in December, um, USL announced that a new ownership group led by Donnie Nelson mm -hmm. had purchased Austin Bold, and they were planning on moving it to Fort Worth. So, but if you go to their pep web page, there is no yeah. 
there is no information on a Fort Worth team as of yet. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just all here's, I mean, it's just all like he may have bought the rights, but how long did, you know, and this goes back to the Aztecs. How long did the Aztecs set on their rights before they came in back in with the bulls? It was what, three, four years. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, my last thing for you, and it's not really a question or anything, but, um, Mariano contestus. My my preseason pick was you guys taking on Colorado Springs for the Western Conference Championship. It's looking like a good prediction right now. Hope you guys pull it out. But uh, Mariano, you got some got some more for Harry? Oh man, no the the man came to this uh, this podcast via Twitter saying he is has some spicy takes for us. So I wanna I wanna see some <laughs> of these or hear some of these. So go ahead, Harry, uh, and don't hold back, please. Not on our account. That's, so I guess, I guess here's my question, you know, and, and I, and I know I joked with you before about, Hey, make the coaching change after the San Antonio match, which you guys couldn't do. You had to do it, you know, two matches prior. Something's missing in Tulsa. Um, because when I look at the team, it's, it's better than what you guys are ninth, 18, 18 points. Yeah. Um, I think you got, we're looking at here at the record nine losses you know, three draws and, and you had those in, in a row. Um, you guys moved out arguably um, one of your best players uh, for that here. So I guess my question for you guys, what is your, and I'll context this, I think Sam Dorr will do a lot, a lot of great things for, for Tulsa. I don't know how much he'll be able to change this year. What's your kind of expectation, you know, just expectation, you know, for, 2022 because i think for you know 2023 and beyond i think i think we we can see another jump you know from from fc tulsa but with with the move of what was his name revis Uh, revis with the move of revis now you did get mcfarland back in which which is a great player i don't know if he's a need for you guys but it it is a good player what's your expectations for tulsa that the second half of the season i'll i'll go first real quick um for next season, and these are just stuff that we've been hearing on the pipeline, we're going to start getting some new, younger players. You know, this year we had great academy players. And, you know, for the past four or five years, we've been having, like, a core team keep coming up season by season. Yeah, we've been plugging some players in and out. But um, we've been told, and hopefully it comes to fruition, that we're going to be some getting some younger players, some more talented, um, maybe League One players, maybe some veterans here and there. But I'm hoping, you know, player-wise and in-game day-wise, we're going to be getting some more talented players. I'm hoping for this season we can get kind of like a playmaker, somebody in the middle that can – we have a bunch of scores. Our, I mean, the Costa, Dario, um, JJ, Brown, we have plenty of scores, but – the one thing that we're missing, and this is just my opinion, is that central playmaker, you know, that Kafa style player, the Ariel style player. Um, if we had somebody to connect passes, like when Lebo first started working with us, um, playing with us, he would just connect those passes and we get plenty of goals and plenty of scores. Um, I personally feel like that's our number one target thing that we need. And I'm hoping that Sam will bring that into the team. You know, if the it, budget's going to change a little bit this year with Sam coming in or, you know, it, 
we've been told that um, he's going to have some some more reigns than the other presidents has. But um, with the stuff that he's been saying, you know, he's he said that he's going to have the highest, you know, attendance record and he's going to have it more higher than what we had in the past. And game one, he's already done it. I'm I'm a huge cheerleader of Sam. He attendance wise, uh, you guys you guys will you guys will see a jump um, now. But with that, also to be able to to and I know this is something that that Sam's tweeted on that you know I think it was after the Memphis game that hey that that wasn't the best first impression I guess you could say um, you know you know for you know for the interim coach uh, coach Ricketts. Um, but you know, he mentioned things would turn around uh, last sat, you know, for for Saturday against Charleston, and, and they did, you know, um, you know, especially at the early in the first half, it took off, but you know, with you guys winning two one, and you know, being able being able to hold it the the second half. So um, to me, for for Tulsa is is kind of that sleeping giant, especially with uh, Oklahoma City uh, hibernating. Uh, we'll just say right now, um, it's a huge it's a huge moment for Tulsa to be able to become Oklahoma's professional soccer team um, along those lines. I know you mentioned, you know, you know, you know, the, the Thunder and, and OU and Oklahoma State, but, you know, for, you know, for soccer wise, you know, they're, you know, with, with, with the energy, you know, you know, taking the hibernation that, uh, you know, I would love to see Tulsa, you know, make that state step up and, and become the team for Oklahoma. Yeah, man. To, to touch up on your point and Marion answered the question pretty well. Um, we, I think we've been in agreement since preseason. We needed depth and or midfield help, but I actually like the McFarland pickup a lot. I hated to see Rivers go. Marion knows this. He's my, he was my favorite player on the team. So pretty down about it, but McFarland feels a need for me on the team. I really like Bradley more in that center back, especially if we go back to three, four, three, where he can be there with a uh, display and Ronald Rodriguez forming our back three and with the I, I like Fenwick but I like him coming off the bench more as a defensive replacement and I like McFarland up that right wing pushing more I think it will solidify our defense a little bit more so I, I was okay with the McFarland pickup and I see him feeling feeling a little bit of a need for our team yeah the the only other thing here is uh if you guys could leave uh Eric Bird home um you know uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I would much appreciate it that, and and of course, uh, you know, uh, Fenwick is a favorite here in San Antonio after spending some time in. So of course he's welcome. But uh, Eric Bird, uh, you know, hell of a shot. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, you know, if, if he could miss the bus this time, I wouldn't. I would not object. Hey Mariano, I heard we're bringing back uh, Fabian Serta for this game too. Oh yes, oh yes, <laughs> throwback. Game. I was gonna say, I wasn't gonna say it, but you know, 2017 feels like ooh. <laughs> but um, no, um, Eric Bird, to be honest, is one of my favorite players. I know, um, I got other favorites too, but and he does the stuff that's not on the stats. You know, he puts a good shift in. You know, he does a couple. I feel like he plays better playing forward. I'm not sure if you're familiar to one of his long shots that he's done before a couple seasons ago, but uh, I'm going to stop taking shots at you. Um, but yeah, he's one of my favorite <laughs> players. Uh, everybody knows that I always speak highly of him, but hopefully he can get some. And we got a new 
player too. I'm not sure if you've heard of JJ Williams before, but you better watch I out. I have heard of him. Uh, he had a brace the last match. Uh, for that, he should have had a uh, a Hattie, but uh, he's in, he's in USL Championship and and couldn't finish. So, uh, which is a problem that a lot of USL Championship teams have. So. Uh, where he had a good opportunity early in the second half, right, uh, to get the Hattie, and, and uh, unfortunately uh, just went just went wide. Yeah, that was a good pass by Dario, though. He nutmegged that guy, and yeah, JJ should have got that other corner like locked in, but he he shanked it a little bit. Well, um, David, do you have any other questions for him? No, that that was it. I'm just uh, like. Like Marina said, I wish this was like a Saturday game because I, I would like to come down to San Antonio sometime too. I'm I'm hoping we're back in the West next year so we can have more than one game against you guys. All right, really? Well, we want more than one game, but I guess you you've been able to experience both sides here. Um, you know, kind yeah. of filling the role of uh, St. Louis, uh, right. flipping bit between East and West. To yes, me, to me, having the games all on the east, you know, either east coast or or um, central time zone, and I think the travel's easier from Tulsa going east, right? It's no, nah, I think it's always layovers in it from Tulsa. We're not, yeah, it's always a layover in Houston or. Well, you're still going through yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was. I'm always been a Western Conference fan, so. No, no issues through there, but yeah, no. To me, like I said, I've, I've always thought the East would would be kind of interesting, but with us having the um, cross conference uh, matches, I mean, most teams have eight uh, this year in, out in the West. I think uh, East is what seven, yes, if memory serves me correct, seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I have a sheet that I can pull up uh, for here, but um, to me, that would you know, I wouldn't mind having Tulsa back, although. I won't lie to you. Uh, recent uh, FC Tulsa versus San Antonio has been a lot more even than earlier in the time frames, where San Antonio uh, pretty much uh, ran Tulsa out, out of the out of the building, unless it was either Open Cup, which uh, we lost up there, um, you know, in one of the rec fields at, at the time, if memory serves me correct. And then um, I'll never forgive you guys. Uh, I want to say it was 2018, 19. Um, well, no. Uh, 17 we beat you in the playoffs the next year we had a match a wednesday match in tulsa which we lost uh, you guys ran us out and then we went to st louis and they ran us out of the building and then we missed the playoffs because of because of that week so <laughs> uh, you know uh, recent results against tulsa have have not uh, have not been as kind and i'll never forget the friendly uh I want to say 2018 somewhere, you know, along those lines that uh, there was a, a little squirmish, uh, you know, even in preseason uh, between uh, SAFC and Tulsa. Um, I know, remember that one. That in, was, in, um, God, um, Rafael. Was uh, that? Castilla, Rafa yep. Castilla, yeah. Him against um, Kafa. Yeah. I was yeah, watching so. that one. I remember that one. But, yeah, so um, – it's it's a respected rivalry between the two uh, clubs uh, for that here, you know, at least, you know, at least through the clubs, I think fan bases, I don't know if either one of us would say it's a rival because um, there's a lot of respect, you know, between both, both, both sides here and, and, you know, it's, you know, no offense, but it's, you know, I don't hate Tulsa um, along those lines here, you know, for that here, I think the energy were a little bit more of a rival just for the fact that, uh, 
they knocked us out of the playoffs because uh, we couldn't hit a freaking PK. Uh, thank you, Billy Forbes. Um, uh, Cody Lorendry, you know, you know, great job. But uh, And we also we're... have uh, another common enemy, um, El Paso. Oh, Yuma? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Robert uh, sent you a message. Hey, do you guys hate, hate Yuma as much as we do? <laughs> we do. We do. That man. Uh, if I don't. Can... I don't know any team that likes Yuma outside of El Paso, which um, I, I've joked around with, with Sirius Loco as like, if, if Yuma was on any other team, you would despise him just like, you know, just like we do, but because he plays on your team, you know, you love him to death. I want to message them and be like, how many weeks in a row do you, you have him on your shit house roster? <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, David, are you good on questions or comments? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, buddy. Harry, do you got any more questions or comments? I was waiting for some more fire on there, man. But um, no, I'm gonna hold off because uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, my mouth can write some checks that I can't cash. And you know, uh, this match, I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, worries me a little bit uh, because you know we're coming back home uh, off of a big win against Colorado Springs. And I know the team was up for that. It's a Tuesday night game, so real short turnaround for both teams, to be fair. Yeah. Because uh, you guys played on Saturday, and, and you guys have to travel down. Um, so um, I'm looking forward to, to a good game, uh, you, know, along, you know, along those lines. Awesome, man. Well, I guess I'm not going to ask you for your prediction for Tuesday night, but um, if you want to. Oh, I think go it's going to be 3-1 San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. Oh, Wow. Now, yeah, I, I, I guess we'll leave it like that because David's not going to give you a prediction, and I don't want to do some karma against myself. <laughs> so come on, it's all right to say San Antonio. It's it's all right. <laughs> Man, you I got a better know. chance of me saying something else, but um, I'll, I'll predict. I'll, I'll I'll have two glasses of scotch that night. I, I, that, that's I my prediction. I, I will be at the game. Um, my son is. Uh, bringing some of his friends so i won't be in my normal seat so i think i'm gonna go down to the supporter section um in the bunker um because my son's taken you know he's turning what, 14 next week so he wanted to bring his friends uh you know from his club team and so they're he's like dad can can we sit in the three seats and i'm like uh okay you can go to the bunker dad i'm like all right so <laughs> awesome but, that's how you grow the game, you know, you know, you know, bringing the kids and you know, even invited uh, uh, their family. And like I said, if either one of you makes a trip to, to San Antonio, let me know and I'll definitely get your tickets to, um, you know, to entertain or a beer, you know, depending on if you're coming down with a way supporter. So. We'll do man. Same to you, man. Well, Harry, um, do you want to tell us your um, Twitter handle and also your other podcast? I know you got two of them. Um, if you want to, Put a shout out yeah. so our fans can listen to you. Yeah. So uh, if you don't know me, uh, my Twitter handle is at R A M I N C O L, uh, Ram and Call uh, for that here. I'm a very shy person on, on Twitter. Um, no opinions, uh, you know, along those lines. Uh, the main show that I do is a SA Soccer Roundtable uh, for that here, where we highlight a lot of uh, San Antonio FC, kind of very similar to what you guys do, touch base on the the amateurs uh when high school season's on we, we do a lot of in-depth on the high school soccer here in san antonio um i have another one united uh soccer fc 
haven't done a lot of that this year because I started a new job and it took some uh, extra, you know, it took some time to get, you know, to get into the role and, and just hours. And then with the kids being 14 and running around a lot more than I used to have to. So it's the one that's kind of took a hit this year, but uh, I'm hoping to get it back up um, going here soon, at least to, to get another mess, uh, another, another show out. But no, like I said here, I enjoy your guys' show. Uh, like I said here, a lot of times it's a, you know, fun banter. There's a couple of times that, uh, you know, I'll yell at the, yell at the, at the, at, at the podcast going, what are you talking about? But, uh, you know, you know, like your, your guys' discussion last week about, you know, what was it, uh, open cup or, uh, you know, winning the league, I think was, was, was the, was the question. And one of you said winning the league and, you know, I almost wanted to, you know, punch you just for, you know, for that here. So. Oh yeah. That was David. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, it was the cup or a wrench. And I just, I just don't want to. Oh, the cup or the wrench. Anything. Yeah. I don't want Oklahoma city to win anything ever. Here's, here's the thing. And, and I know you guys saw, you know, cause you know, there were some questions that, that, that I typed up to you winning the cup, winning Copa Tejas, winning the league. You don't win anything. Winning open cup. Number one, you stick it to uh, daddy Garber um, for that here. Number two, you get CONCACAF Champions League and the money that comes with that. That's, that's true. That's the only answer because you're going to be bringing in that additional revenue and you bring in, you know, some, you know, some Liga MX team, you know, into Tulsa, you know, wherever that, you know, you know, or even if, even if you moved it to, you know, uh, you know, Oklahoma State, I think they have a soccer team, right? Yeah. Um, I know OU does. Move to, hey, let's say they have a nice, you know, nice facility, you know, there that, you know, seats 10, 15,000. I don't know if they have one that big, but, you know, some sort of stadium that, that you could bring in, you know, 10, 15, 20,000. Just think of how much that would do for not only, you know, FC Tulsa, but, you know, soccer in Oklahoma in general. So to me, winning the Open Cup, you know, especially for USL and like I said here, I'm rooting for Sacramento to be able to do it. Just for the fact, number one, it would piss, you know, Garber off, you know, to the nth degree that, you know, hey, an MLS team didn't get, you know, the automatic slot. So he'll probably change the rules to where you have to be an MLS team to be able to, uh, to be able to get the slot. But to me, just being able to do that and getting that money from CONCACAF Champions League, that, you know, that, that can be, that could extend the life of your club. But let's be honest with you, you know, just, you know, you winning USL right now, as much as we want to, hey, you know, that would be such an awesome thing from a club wise, they do not get any additional money for doing that. And now that's on the league and, and that's something that the league and, and the ownership should should be looking at. But, you know, that, that that's the reality of this here. And, you know, that's why, you know, uh, San Antonio FC, as much as they're pushing to, to win it this year, you know, and I think we're kind of starting to see this with Phoenix Rising is, is they made their push and, you know, not saying that they're not paying as much money in, in, in salaries because they still got, you know, good players, but they've took a step back this year. You know, they've took a huge step back right now, but I think that's more locker room slash coach issues. But you, you're seeing kind of a pullback from them because you can only make that run for so long before you have to kind of step back and try to recruit, you know, some, some of the losses that, that that's through there by, you know, maybe having a mid table squad and, and hope, hopefully getting lucky. You know, that's my opinion, just, you know, uh, you know, for that here. So that's my, you know, that's why I'm kind of amazed at Louisville and the run that they've been able to do in Tampa and the run that they've been able to do, but they have those quality stadiums to be able to do it, uh, be able to do it. And I think that's why San Antonio has been a little bit more lucky. 
I think that's why he's Colorado Springs. Um, they've took that step up because they got that nice stadium or that revenue that's coming in from the stadium. So they're able to bring in that deeper roster, those better players. And that's, that's why, you know, for me, and, you know, that's why one of my questions typically once or twice a year to Tulsa is, Hey, when is the stadium coming? You know, you know, that's my question to New Mexico. That's my question to um, El Paso, because we've seen Reno as an example, not have a stadium, not have all well, Reno and Fresno that have, have not had stadium plans and play in a baseball stadium after a few years decide to go away just, you know, uh, you know, for that here. So, yeah, I don't think that's the case in, in, Tul in Tulsa because of the new ownership, you know, along those lines, um, you know, and from everything I've read and, and seen, they are very committed, you know, to building that community team and bringing in Sam Dor, I think kind of helps elevate that to the next step. But in, until Tulsa gets that stadium, for me personally, in order to get the roster that I think that you need to have to be able to continue year in and year out, you, you've got to have that stadium that you control to be able to bring that revenue in. Yes, I fully 100% agree with you on that, Harry. Well, man, thank you for being on tonight with us. And um, you take care and hopefully your team loses on Tuesday. But <laughs> but, I got you, my friend. <laughs> but no, um. If you ever come down to Tulsa, man, a beer and a ticket's on me, man. Oh, you take care, man, and you have a good night. You too. Appreciate it. Man, David, that was a great interview with Harry, man. He's a great guy. Uh, everything he talks about, man, about ProRel, uh, NISA, the USL, even MLS talks, man, he is he's right on for me. What do you think about the conversation we just had? Yeah, it was good. Good good to have Harry on. We, we'll have to have him on to talk some NISA like another day because you know that's what me and you like to talk nisa oh man so it, i just like talking about soccer <laughs> <laughs> well cool man well, well what do you want to start on talking first well i, I want to do a little bit of since it's transfer season do a little bit of transfer talk um so i'm gonna there, there's been a lot of activity happening lately i'm, I'm gonna name a, 11 transfers and i want you to tell me what your top three of those 11 are go for it okay so Today we've seen Gabriel Jesus moving from Man City over to Arsenal. Um, Erling Holland picked up, been picked up by Man City. Uh, Nunez went to Liverpool. Calvin Phillips went to Man City from Leeds United, I believe. And uh, Gareth Bell's moving over to LAFC and MLS. Paul Pog was moving to Juventus. Sadio Mane is going to Bayern Munich. I know one of your favorites. Uh, Rudiger is going over to Real Madrid. Uh, Philip. Tino is going, going over to Aston Villa. Matt Turner is going from MLS over to Arsenal. And Alexander Lacazette is going over to Lyon over in France um, from, from Arsenal. Out of those uh, 11, what do you think is going to be the three biggest of the year? Man, I got to say the first three that you just mentioned was mm -hmm. my top three. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm right While you're talking, I'm doing my CR7 dance move right mm -hmm. now. So... Um, I got, as Chelsea fans, we got to get accustomed to that nowadays, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so you're going to sell your soul for that one, huh? Oh, <laughs> I, I know you're practicing your, I'm sorry, Harry Maguire style, but. Um. <laughs> but did you not see the riders on that? If, if United uh, transfers them to Chelsea, you no. guys get Harry Maguire, no. Fred, 
No um, lies. Like, like, like Dean Henderson. You get all of our you, you better residual keep contracts. that microphone away from your nose right now. You're about to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you think uh, Jesus is going to have a good year for Arsenal? Man, anybody would be better right now. But I think that's a big pickup for Arsenal. That's but um yeah they're they're gonna be probably pretty good. So so Chelsea has been linked with Raheem, Raheem Sterling and now this uh Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo talk. Are you guys just trying to pick up everybody's leftovers? I guess so. We we gotta make <laughs> sure they they leave in a winning team, you know. They gotta retire in a winning <laughs> team or oh. a play for a winning team before they get sent to the MLS. One of those like poor Gareth Bale. Uh, yeah. And I feel yeah. bad. I don't know what was worse, him playing for Tottenham or him going to LAFC. So you want to talk some USL? There's actually a lot of USL news from this last week. Yeah, go ahead. So the, the most recent news was uh, athletic, a Hartford Athletic coach Harry Watling has resigned his position. Um, I think the reason was to attend some family issues over in England. So Hartford will be looking for a new coach. Ian Hoffman. Um, He's a member of the Houston Dynamo. Has been loaned out to Orange County SC, and uh, something I know me and you both would hope will come to Tulsa. Indy Eleven has announced a two thousand seat stadium. I think it's like going to be like a one billion dollar investment in that area. It's planned to uh, open in twenty twenty five. A twenty thousand seat arena for Indy. What what would you think would be the proper seat for arena here in Tulsa? To be honest. Like it should be big enough for fifteen thousand um, seat stadium, but mm-hmm. ten thousand square um ten thousand seats would be plenty. You know, if we need to expand, we can expand to it. But I think ten thousand would be fine, and also it could be used as a multi-use surface. So it could be mm-hmm. with you know high school, college soccer, you know, something like that. Like between ten to twenty thousand, maybe. But I think 20 might be a little bit too much. Your transfer news. San Antonio, Harry's, Harry's team just added a Saeed Abdul-Salam. He's got over 100 matches in MLS. I think he played for Columbus Crew and Swope Park Rangers. I mean, I'm sorry, Sporting KC. Yep. <laughs> Orange County also acquired Ahmed, Ahmed Longmire on loan from Nashville SC. He was the 10th pick in the... 2022 MLS Super Draft. And RGV in Oakland roots this past week have added a each team has added a 15-year-old to their academy. They're, they're bringing in the kids out there, aren't they? Yeah, trying to get that transfer market money. Right, right. Um, and player of the week was Preston Judd from the LA Galaxy 2. He had a hat trick midweek. That was uh, the big news from USL Championship. Um, you want to run down the, the scores real quick from the past week? Oh, yeah. I want to hear 16. how many I got right. Uh, I, th- I think it was seven. I think you got seven right, completely right. So, it, if you tell by Mariano's tone, he won again this week. He had seven what? correct picks. Wait, what? Yep. Yeah, say yep. that again. I, you got to repeat that for the listeners. So, so I, I, I had six and Josh had five. So, so you know, this... Josh was still trailing. So, does that Anyways. mean I'm like, how many points do I have by now? Like 10? Well, I think you just won the last three. Like, you just got like three. You're, yeah, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, 
I can feel your head get bigger and bigger all the way over here. <laughs> Let me go stretch this headphone. <laughs> go ahead. So uh, last week's matchups on Wednesday, uh, Memphis 9-1 defeated FC Tulsa 2 to nothing. On Friday, San Antonio defeated Colorado Springs Switchbacks 1-0. And Mariano's team of Mariano's team of the week, Las Vegas Lights, defeated Phoenix Rising 3-2. Saturday's matchups, there were some there were some big scores in this week, this weekend. Louisville City defeated Hartford Athletic 2-0. And check out this scoreline, Mariano. Tampa Bay Rowdies defeated the Pittsburgh Riverhounds 5-2. Man. And the next matchup, LA Galaxy 2 defeated Miami FC 3-1. Former FC Tulsa member Joaquin Rivas started for Miami FC. Did they, they, um, in the game, did they give him the assist for the goal? Or was that? Let me look. Because I thought he, um, when I was watching the highlights, he did the pass. I know it ricocheted off of the defender, but. Let's see. No, it just says Kyle Murphy got the goal. Uh, um, FC Tulsa defeated Charleston Battery 2-1. to one. Memphis 9-1 continued their hot streak and defeated Detroit City FC 2 to nothing. And a big, big win for Birmingham Legion. They defeated New Mexico United 2 to nothing. Then Yuma, uh, Yuma Locomotive FC defeated New York Red Bulls 2, 5 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sacramento Republic defeated Monterey Bay 2 to 1. Oakland Roos defeated Atlanta United uh, 2, 3 to 1. And San Diego Loyal defeated India 11, 5 to nothing. Damn. Big win for San Diego. Yeah. So that takes us to, um, I think this is going to be week 17 matchup. Are you want ready for some predictions? Oh, yeah. Some predictions? Do you just want to so, do Tuesday and Wednesday or? Uh, let's do them all. Okay. So I don't know if we're going to record again. So. Let's do them all. Okay. Uh, on t- Tuesday, uh, Tulsa takes on San Antonio FC. And the other Tuesday matchup, Hartford Athletic take on Colorado Springs. Who you got in that one, Mariana? Man, Colorado, man. They're coming back for some vengeance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say two to nothing. Two to nothing, Colorado Springs. I've got yeah. that one. Uh, three to one, Colorado Springs. Okay. On Wednesday, there are three matchups. Um, at Patriots Point in Charleston, South Carolina, Charleston Batteries take on Atlanta United 2. Um, I like Atlanta – or, I'm sorry, I like Charleston Battery 2-1 to one in this matchup. Man, I'm going to say this is a 2-2 draw. And the next matchup is going to be a battle of Southern Texas as RGV takes on El Paso Locomotive. And oh, El Paso, they're steaming on that track right now. I'm going to – Go uh, three to one, El Paso. I'm going to say two to one, El Paso. Next match is going to be San Diego Little take on Orange County in San Diego. Who do you got? Man, this is written as a draw for me. I'm going to go ahead and say draw one one. Um, I'm going to take it two two draw. Okay. Um, Friday, there's three matchups as Red Bulls two take on Pittsburgh Riverhounds in New Jersey. Who do you got? And Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I'm gonna say four to one. Four to one. Wow, big number. Uh, yeah. Going one one draw. I just think Pittsburgh are. I don't know what's wrong with them right now. The next matchup is gonna be Colorado Springs taking on Sacramento Republic in Colorado. This is a tough one to pick for me because Colorado, you know, they're uh, second in the West, I believe, and Sacramento's on quite a roll. I'm gonna say uh, another draw, a two two draw. 
Man, I was going to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to Sacramento 2-1. to 2-1, okay. Next matchup is going to be Los Dos taking on Oakland Roots. I'm thinking Preston Judd is going to get another hat trick in this game as LA2 wins 3-1 to one over Oklahoma, or over almost at Oklahoma City, Oakland Roots. <laughs> Everybody's getting points <laughs> out of Oklahoma City. <laughs> I'm going to give this one to Oakland Roots, one nothing. All righty. Saturday's slate of games, you got Atlanta 2 take on El Paso Locomotive. You just can't pick a two, Atlanta 2 over El Paso. Two to nothing, El Paso. I'm going to say three nothing, El Paso. Next matchup is going to be Indy 11 taking on, uh, you can't call them the Miami FC anymore. Indy 11 taking on the Miami FC. Who you got? I, I have a feeling Revis is going to get his first goal here for Miami. So I'm going to say two to one, Miami. That's the exact same score. So did you hear that story that uh, Ohio State University has trademarked the word the? No. Yes. So Miami, Miami C referred to them as the Miami FC. Yeah. They can't do that now. Oh man. <laughs> Copyright infringements. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. The next matchup is Tampa Bay Rowdy's taking on Memphis 901. Um, I, in the past, I don't think you could call this an upset, but the way my Memphis has played this year, I am, I'm calling it upset Tampa Bay three to one over Memphis. What? You know, I was thinking about that while you're reading the teams, and I was like, you really can't say Memphis is like the – in the beginning of the season, we would have never said Memphis is the kind of the top dog and Tampa would have been the underdog. But, man, um, I'm going to say this is a 1-1 draw. Next match that's going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, is Louisville take on the Red Hot Birmingham Legion. Who you got? I'm going to go Loose City. Two nothing. Two nothing. I'm I'm gonna say it's a one one draw. I think it's gonna be a good good game. Good game. Next matchup, San Antonio take on Charleston Battery in San Antonio. And I just think San Antonio's gonna roll on Charleston four to nothing. After San Antonio losing on Wednesday to a team, on Tuesday to a team, they're going to want some vengeance. That's as far as I'm going to say that. <laughs> so, 2 nothing, San Antonio. The next matchup is going to be Monterey Bay Union taking on New Mexico United in Seaside, California. Who you got? I got to go for uh, New Mexico, one nothing. I got it, New Mexico, 3-1. to one. Then in Las Vegas, I think the promotion is going to be Petalama Night. Las Vegas takes on um, Detroit F City. Who you got? Man, um, Detroit's not doing good these past couple games. You know, I know they tied with El Paso. They got beat 2 nothing at New Me- at Memphis. Then they got beat at um, Sacramento. Oh, man, it's going to be tough. I kind of want to give it to Las Vegas, but I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Okay. I've got Detroit winning this one, 2-1. Okay. And the last matchup of Saturday, you got Phoenix Rising taking on Orange County. Who you got? And if it wasn't for Orange County already playing on, what was it, Wednesday, I would say they would win. But I see Phoenix sneaking out with a victory, 2-1. to 2-1, to one. okay. Well, I'm going to pick Orange County 3-1 to one in this matchup. Phoenix just does not look good this last stretch. 
And I think this might be one of Rick Shanta's last games in Phoenix. Okay. And then on Sunday, there's one game. It's Loudoun United taking on FC Tulsa. All righty. So that is week 17. You ready to go to some FC Tulsa talk? Yeah. Okay. There's some some pretty good uh, news for FC Tulsa this week. Um, I think the big thing was Joaquin Rivas was traded to uh, Miami FC. What do you think of that? Um, me personally, you know, I said this from the beginning of the season, international breaks are going to kill us. We're going to have some international players and we're going to miss those players. You know, we had Corrales leave, um, Rivas, of course, and Rodrigo's leave as well. But one of our top players, one of on the stats was one of our offensive top players. Um, you know, it just kept happening. And I know playing for your country is great and everything like that, but kind of hinders us as, you know, the chemistry kind of doesn't flow. So, you know, I'm, I'm really sad to see him leave again. Um, hopefully he does good for Miami, but as just this business, man. Well, my feelings are, you know, you guys all know Joaquin Rivas, one of my favorite players. When he signed back to Tulsa from St. Louis FC, when after St. Louis FC uh, closed up shop, uh, that I think you remember, I was like, we need to get him back. We need to get Joaquin back. And when it happened, he was our first signing. I think it was in 2019. You, you were like, hey, David, look who we signed. Or was it 2020? 2020. Came back. Yeah, I mean, 2020 when he came back, you were like, look who we signed. I was like, yay, Joaquin's back. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. It, it's just not having him due to international breaks hurt us. I think it hurt us a lot. He he was a playmaker on that that uh, wing. And without him there, I think we got a little stagnant and we didn't score for, the, what, three games? Yep. So it, it's, just, it's just tough losing a player that you really respect and really value on a team. But it might be the best thing for the team. Yeah, and for him too. Right. So, and I just think it was a little sad. Uh, he was trying to set up roots here in Tulsa too. So, hopefully, we'll get to see him play next year. And we won't get to see him back in Tulsa this year because we've already played Miami here. But there was a corresponding move with the Joaquin Rivas transfer. It was, uh, we received a player on loan. His name is Sion McFarland. He's a Jamaican. He's a, let's see, he's a, I believe he's 28. Mm-hmm. He's a 28 year old or 29 year old Jamaican. He's a right back. And right before this move, the podcast for this move, this trade and this loan, I, I had said that I think we need a new right back to move Bradley inside. And this happened. And Sion's a really, really good uh, right back. He's had a little bit of injury bug this year, but all in all, he's played 102 games in the USL. He scored seven goals, got 17 assists. Uh, he spent time at, with Austin Bold. I think he scored against this while he was with Austin Bold. Yeah. He played for Colorado Springs, switchbacks, and he's also played for Miami FC. Yeah. I'm excited to see, see what he can contribute to our team. And it, and if him bring, coming to the same moves Bradley back into the back three. And I think we – I think I mentioned this before, but, you know, 
we need the depth. We we can't have players just feeling comfortable. You know, we have to have other players to challenge. You know, the cream mm-hmm. kind of rise to the top when you challenge somebody. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I feel like you know, Bradley's playing great, but if he's being challenged for his position, or mm-hmm. also we can use somebody for that position and have Bradley play more forward or play more centered back. You know, in the depth position. Right. But, and look at it this way, um, international breaks, we was losing two defensemen, Ronald Rodriguez and Jorge Corrales, every time. Yep. Yeah. It, this this move brings us a little bit more, like you said, depth in the back. So we can absorb those guys leaving more often. Correct. I think it's a good move for us. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I fully agree. Um, right now, the team is offering college students free tickets to, I think, their choice of games. The July 9th matchup against Atlanta United 2 or the July 13th matchup against New Mexico United. Um, I think all you got to have is a, a college email address that you um, to, to receive those tickets. And the final bit of news, Austin Warmel is named to the USL Team of the Week. So congratulations, Austin. Well deserved. Right, right. Yep. Second week in a row, I believe. Are you ready to move on to last week's games? Oh, yes. Okay, so on Wednesday we took on Memphis nine oh one. We lost two to nothing in front of two thousand seven hundred ten people at uh, AutoZone Park in Memphis, Tennessee. Tulsa had had fifty seven percent of the possession and had eighty one point nine percent pass accuracy. One of our uh, lacking things was we only had ten shots, which one of those on goal, while Memphis had nine shots on goal. What were your thoughts about the Memphis game, Mariana? Man, it was, I was watching the game and I felt like it was deja vu from the game before, you know, (laughs) it was a lot of passing to the back. There was no possession without purpose. Felt like, you know, it was just, you could tell, you know, this with us letting go coach, you know, and this is um, our new coaches, our interim coaches first game that he got to coach. It was just a little bit tough, you know what I mean? It was just I, – I didn't feel like there was an actual, like, planned execution was being done on the field. I felt like everybody was just doing what they were felt safe with. And Memphis is on a hot streak right now, man. This this was Donovan Ricketts' first game as head coach, so I'll give him a pass on that. I was hoping the team would come a little bit more fired up, but – uh, on my my notes, I said it looked like NCN ball. Yeah, it was. That that's that's what it felt. It felt like it was NCN's game plan for Memphis. And you know that set piece that led to Graham uh, Graham Smith's goal. That's an uh, unexcusable to give a man that that much openness on a set piece. <laughs> I think I think uh, Josh could have scored that goal. Yeah, I think his dad could have scored that goal. <laughs> so if you're uh, the Todd clock is an hour and a half this match, Todd, or this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no, I'm yeah. giving him giving him some props right there. <laughs> but yeah, that's just my thoughts. I, I didn't write too many much because it just I wasn't happy with that match. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and skip to the next one, a positive mm-hmm. one. All right, let's go to that one. So on Saturday. We took on the Charleston Battery in front of 4,966 people at 1-0 Field. We defeated Ooh. Charleston 2-1. to one. That's a good number, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
J.J. Williams scored both goals for FC Tulsa. Bradley Bourgeois and Rodrigo da Costa had assists. And in this game, um, in all competitions, this was Rodrigo da Costa's 100th game in a Tulsa uniform. So congratulations, Rodrigo. Unlike the Memphis game, we didn't have any possession in this game. We had 36% of possession, and we only completed about 71% of our passes. But the difference is we had nine shots, and five of those were on goal. We made our shots count this game. While Memphis had – I'm sorry, as well as Charleston had 20 shots, and only one of those was on goal. What are your thoughts about Saturday's game besides being very, very happy? No, man. Uh, Saturday's game – JJ, that's it's one word, man. JJ had the game of his life as FC Tulsa player. A man could have scored four or five goals that game. Um, we were actually using him as an up top striker, man, and that was that was refreshing to see. You know, I'm glad we got other shots from other players as well, but JJ deserved them, man. He was hustling up and down. Um, our defense was playing okay. You know, that goal that got scored, I think it could have been saved. It wasn't ricocheted off of Eric Bird, but we won. You know, we had a good crowd, and, you know, us fans, we were pumped up for it. Right. I'll, I'll go – I'll touch on your two points. It was nice seeing J.J. as the true number nine. He wasn't played out of position, so. Yes. That was real nice. And on that goal that uh, – I think it was Romario Piggott scored, Fenwick got uh, – shaked out of his boots on that one. Oh yeah. So and he had a he put and Piggott shot that ball. He had so much power behind it. I don't think it mattered that Bird tipped it. I think he was going in, but uh if Fenwick wouldn't have got a juked a little bit, I think we could have kept a clean sheet in this one. Yeah. But um uh, my my thoughts were uh Charleston controlled the ball, but it was one of those where it was possession without intent that you like to say, or possession without purpose. Yep. I, I just never – the second half, I didn't feel like threatened at all by them. And, you know, I know soccer is one of those games where it could change at the drop of a hat and get a goal real easy, but I just didn't feel it was ever coming for Charleston. A little worried. I thought uh, Jorge might have got an injury there. He had to be subbed off for uh, – Gabby Torres came on for him, so I hope Jorge's – uh, good for Tuesday or Sunday's game. If but, not, yeah. we now got another player to play his spot. Yep. Yep, we sure do. But for the first time in a long time, I felt like our team felt dangerous. Oh, I did too. It just felt like we were creating chances and we, we were doing some counterattacking and it just felt like we were, you know, we felt dangerous. Bradley, Bradley Bourgeois, he looked real good on that right side this game. I guess he did. This three four three formation, man. It's it's just making him be more offensive. You know his passes inside. I know there's some couple times that we were screaming at. Um, either it was you know DSPA or Eric Bird to pass it to him on the wing side. But man, when he was passing it, man, we were dangerously close to scoring goals. Yeah, that's another point you brought uh, his name up, Adrian DSPA. He looks. I like the way he plays, especially when uh, Ronald Rodriguez is his uh, back line mate. Yep. Those two. I, th- I I know Ronald's been on international duty a bunch, but I can't wait for that to calm down and them getting to solidify their back line pairing. I agree. Can you imagine uh, the SBA, uh, McFarlane, and Ronald, um, Rodriguez playing in the mm-hmm. back three? 
Oh yeah. man. But uh, I thought JJ could have gotten a penalty too. He 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 kind of got ran over. I think I forgot who took the shot on goal, but there was a play right behind it, and the, the Charleston defender just like steamrolled JJ. I know it was off the ball, but I I don't know the rule book that good, but that didn't look right. <laughs> yeah. Was that um Machuka when he got subbed in? Uh, no. Oh, I, don't, I, don't think, I think actually uh, Kim, Kimbo Kabata took that shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Alrighty. Well, are you ready to go to next week's matchups? Yes, I am. All right, so on Tuesday we take on San Antonio FC in San Antonio, Texas. They play at Toyota Field, and their head coach is Alan Marcina. On the year, they're 11 wins, three losses, one draw. They are first in the West with 34 points. They allow about 0.9 goals a game, have seven clean sheets. Um, they average about 67% pass accuracy with a 42% possession rate. They've scored 24 goals on 78 shots. And... My players to watch are uh, PC, uh, Justin Dillon, who's got five goals on the year, Elliot Collier, who's got four goals on the year, David Loera, who's got two goals, uh, Samuel Adenron, he's on load from Seattle uh, Sounders, and Santiago Patino, also one of our fan favorites here in Tulsa, Jordan Farr is their goalkeeper. Yeah. What's your thoughts on San Antonio? Man, San Antonio is really, really stacked, man. Um, from having Matt Cardone, they actually have four keepers on their their squad. Uh, we barely have three, <laughs> but um, yeah, like you were saying, PV uh, PC, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player. His team's stacked, man. I yeah. I don't know how kind yeah. of formation we're gonna do, but they're a really good team. I mean, I'm not even mentoring Connor Maloney. He's one of my favorite players in the USL. Uh, Carter Manley spent time in the, with RGV. I thought it would be a good fit here, but he plays for him. DeShane Beckford, Diede Traore, uh, Fabian Garcia, Ignacio Bailon, uh, Jasser Kamira, Jordy Dalem, who they just got on loan, Mitchell Tainer, Mohamed Abu, uh, Shannon Gomez, and they, uh, the list goes on and on. This team has a lot of really, really good players on their squad. True. What, what would be your keys for a Tulsa victory against San Antonio? And um, right now, one thing we we haven't scored more than two goals in an away match. The key to victory is to score two goals to beat San Antonio this game. San Antonio is offensive powerhouse right now, man. Um, they're number one in the Western Conference. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to score two goals away because we know San Antonio can score a goal. And right now, San Antonio hasn't been beat at home in the last five games. They're ranked eighth in goal scored per match with a 1.6 goals. I just, I hope we can score two goals to come out with a victory. All righty. Well, on Sunday, we take on Loudoun United in the Leesburg, Virginia. They play at Segra Field. Head coach is Ryan Martin. On the year, they've got four wins, two draws, 10 losses, 14 points. They're 10th in the East. They allow 1.9 goals a game. They've conceded actually five penalties this year. They have an 80% pass um, completion rate and a 54% possession rate. 
They've scored 16 goals on the year um, on 70 shots on goal. Um, this is a, one of those hard teams for me to uh, to uh, strategize for because we never know who their squad is going to be. They're 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 a two team of DC United, but the the players I got targeting on is Tyler Freeman, Kamarni Smith, Jacob Green, and Hayden Sargis. What 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 do you expect against this Aladdin United I'm team? I'm not sure if you got to watch the highlights of their game against Orange County, but mm-hmm. they're the one that scored first yeah. at Orange Southern. County last night, and it could have seemed like Boulder United could have won this game. But the most important thing about this match against them, we have to win this game. Um, they're right behind us in 10th place. They're only have 14 points. They're negative 14 on goal differential. We got to come out with a victory on this to give ourselves some space and get closer to that playoff spot. Yeah, I started watching this Orange County game a little bit today. And the thing I picked up from it was Orange County to start in their their goalkeeper, they uh, subbed in their backup. This was his first game ever for Orange County. And I, I don't know, I just saw a little bit of disp- defensive miscues that led to that Loudon goal. So I just, the third I just came goal in my that fin- they scored was a banger from outside the box. Orange County scored. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I can't get my, my uh, uh, finger on this. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. They've allowed 30 goals on the air. We've allowed 32. I think it's going to be a shootout. So. I think it's with, just like you said, the San Antonio game. We got to get on them early and don't let our foot off their, their neck. I agree. Uh, any more thoughts on Loudon United? No, that's it. All righty. Well, we'll break down the local real quick. Um, the uh, Tulsa Athletic had two games this week. They Both of them, they won. They defeated Devise NPSL 4 to nothing and Slumfather State FC 4-2, to two, which uh, the Demise game – uh, with that win, they uh, cemented themselves a home playoff game. They they have no games next week. Um, Rain FK was off this week, and their next match is against OKC 1889 um, at Custer Stadium. I don't have that date, but it's at 7.30 p.m. And also, uh, Tulsa SC defeated OKC FC 4 to nothing and South, South Star FC 5-1 to one this week. So congratulations to Tulsa SC. All right, so you ready to go to some Twitter questions? Oh, yes. All right. Let me see if I can. You got those in front of you? or? Um, no, not me? at this moment, but I okay. can. Hold on. I'll, I'll pull it up. I got it right here. Hold on. So our uh, friend Shadow Wolf, he, he put some questions on there. Number one, well, that was some questions for the number one question was for Harry, and he's no longer with us. We'll, uh, we'll go to one of Shadow's questions we'll answer i think these were for harry but we'll answer for him is san antonio in title mode or good enough which eastern conference team would you, you would be your number one final pick are you asking me yeah i'm asking you okay i got harry's answer here for shadow okay. wolf okay. um he said number one cardoni will he play again to be honest not sure if he will play for san antonio he is the number two, but far is clear number one. He has had some health issues, and to be honest, was surprised he came back this year. Not sure using an academy goalkeeper would work as a USL championship, but it depends on who it is. And San Antonio does have Jude Bushart, who was a potential. But if he is game, 
he is in the game, I am not worried. So we talked about the Austin Bold situation, so I won't ask you those ones. Okay. Um, let's see. He answered the Cardone one. Do you have his answer for if a MLS USL Texan teams would be in one league, how would you rank them? If you want, take your favorite UPSL, NPSL Texan teams in the league too. Would you rather the USL Cup or US Open win with San Antonio? Um, I got the if I could make an Oklahoma Texas league of 20 teams, mm-hmm. he has, and these ain't in any specific order. Um, but I have a feeling he might have. No, I thought they were alphabetical, but no. Um, he would have Denton Diablos of the MPSL, FC mm-hmm. Brownsville for MPSL, Laredo Heat from MPSL, Corpus Christi from the USL League Two, Houston FC from USL League Two, Southwest FC, El Paso, UPSL, the Feeders Kicks of SC of UPSL, or 44 Fraqueros from the MPSL, 44, uh, former Bold, um, Lubac Matador SC from MPSL. You would have FC Tulsa, Oklahoma City Energy, the Athletics, Oklahoma City 1889, and Amarillo team. All righty. So the next question I got for you is from Los Gatos Blancos. If Tulsa could take one player from San Antonio FC, who would it be and why? I I like – I'm going to say two of them. One is PC, mm-hmm. and the other guy is Kakuta Mane. Um both those players are sparks in the midfield and also can attack really good. So my my selection of those would be uh, David Loera and Connor Maloney. I know we just got CN McFarland, but I like Connor Maloney. I think he's just a little bulldog there. He's a wing back, and I think he'd just be he could be good for our team. So the next question would be: Is uh, do Tulsa fans dislike Yuma? as much as SAFC fans. Oh, yes. We already discussed <laughs> this one. <laughs> yes. We we do not like the Yuma. All right. So, which offensive players should San Antonio FC be most concerned with Tuesday? Oh, man. That's easy. Y'all got to watch out for JJ. JJ will be attacking you guys. I know you guys have some big, tall defenders as well, but JJ can run with the ball. He can head the ball. He can pass. And we have other options as well that I'm not going to give you guys. With all the changes, what are Tulsa's expectations for the remainder of this campaign? And do we miss the OKC rivalry? I'm going to skip to the Oklahoma City rivalry part. I do. I got a lot of friends that are energy fans, and uh, I miss the banter. Basically, I miss the banter. I miss the Oklahoma, you know, pride on that because we're going to win it. And um, I do miss that. On um, well, what was the second question? The first question, actually, I'm sorry. What are Tulsa's expectations for the remainder of the season? Okay. Um, our expectations for the season, it is just to make the playoffs. You know, it's not just barely make the playoffs. It's make the playoffs and have a run. We need to have a run. Um, if we add one or two more players – it would cement us making the playoffs. If not, we can work for next year. All right. Well, do you have anything else? No, that's that's all I have. All righty. So 
Uh, you get anything else for the show, or do you want to go to hot takes? Let's go to hot takes. Sam Dover calls you. Sam Dover calls you. He says, hey, Mariano, give me five guys that you have to bring back next year that you think FC Tulsa 100% in your opinion need to bring back. Who would they be? Okay. My, um, it's kind of hard, but um, I'm going to give you my top five. Um, JJ Williams, number one off, you know, you got to sign him. Um, I love Eric Bird, so you have to pick him. Uh, number three, I would have to say um, Dario. Dario, he is, right now he's running a little bit of a funk, but I have a feeling he's going to come back and start scoring some bangers. Um, Dispier, of course. And number five is going to be really hard, but I'm going to go ahead and say Rodrigo. No, um, Rodrigo, um, say what? DeCosta? No. Um, Ronald? Uh, Ronald Rodriguez. What about you? Ooh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's tough. Uh, a lot of mine are the same answers. Uh, JJ, uh, Adrian Despair. I'd bring back Bradley Bourgeois. I think he's he's tall, so through and through. But uh, after that, it, it gets kind of tough for me. Um, one that uh, you didn't mention. There's two that you didn't mention, but uh, Pitar Chuik and Kimbo Cabado. I like those two. That'd be my five. I bring bring back. Well, my my question. Mm-hmm. All right, same same kind of format, but for you, um, Sam comes and talks to you and says, "Hey, David, you get to pick." What part of Tulsa would you want the stadium at? Where would it be? Probably be downtown. Yeah, it'd probably be downtown. I think okay. that's the best bet. I think I just I don't see anything like working anywhere else. I think it's a good hub. Tulsa's so spread out that, but I think downtown's the up up. Well, it used to be the upcoming part, but I think it's already arrived at that level, and it's just it's getting better. So okay. that's what I'd pick. Well, if I could answer my own question, I would say the gathering place. Um, just having it on the other side, just as an attraction, mm-hmm. you know, you have gathering place on one side, across mm-hmm. the river is a big soccer stadium. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of built around that as well. A lot of restaurants, businesses will start flowing in, putting money on that side of the town. Um, that right there would be like the best combination of having like an FC Tulsa and the gathering place kind of corporate, not corporation, but more like a partnership agreement. Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest, like the biggest detriment to downtown stadium is it seems like one, it seems like it's always roads are under construction downtown all the time. Yes. P- parking's a nightmare sometimes. And it just, it can get real congested down there. So even though I'd like it downtown close to where one Oak is, there are some drawbacks and the number one drawback for the owners is the money part about it (laughs) (laughs) well man this was a packed show i didn't expect it to last this long right well i got my job uh to do after this yes you do (laughs) well one of these days you better start editing But man, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Man, Harry, thank you so much for being on today. 
really appreciate it. You're very knowledgeable and respect your friendship with us and really enjoyed you being on the podcast with us. But if you like this episode, do me a favor, please share it, like it, um, send it to your friends. Um, do me a favor. If you have any questions for us, send it to us. If you see us next, please uh, stop us by and be like, hey, um, just give us some feedback on it as well. Also on Spotify, you can rate this. And I think also on Apple. But I hope you all had a good night. I hope you all enjoyed the last game and keep coming out to One Oak and keep showing everybody that we're behind this team no matter what, win, lose, or draw. But, David, thank you for being on. And um, vamos, Tulsa. About the block and kick it on or the pot you pissing. I'm from my hot to hell of poverty where cops are killing. The youth to lock in prison, gotta get from around this living. I hold my own, and I don't even got a crone. I caught the Glock, mama oldest acting like he grown. Now peep the logic. I got a heap of problems, a mathematician. You see, I gotta keep it honest. A past offensive. From my childhood, a force you to forfeit. Turn stitch across over source work for corporate. The hardship is not marked for fake artists barking. The artsy astrologist, a star to your rocket ship. Soon as I change styles, the moment that y'all pocket it. Prophets' eyes prophesize giant side dollar clips for blessings. There ain't no way contested for us outsiders charging 20 Jesus session. Forward and I can't go back. Lessons that I went through with some questions on my mental forward and I can't go back. The stress that I've been through, I left that in the rear view forward and I can't go back. Lessons that I went through with some questions on my mental forward and I can't go back. The stress that I've been through, I left that in the rear view. <laughs>